coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, it's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hey, everybody, yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and welcome to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show. This is one of those shows that I enjoy doing because I can do research and I love doing this type of research because like, for example, (laughs) this individual (laughs) happens to be on the program today, Karina Harney. And let's see, what else do I have here? I have this one. All right. And if I flip through, if I can show it without getting in trouble, (laughs) um, which may be difficult. Let me see. Yeah, I can. This is the only one I can show. That's it. That's the only one I can show, which trust me, what the side I'm looking at right now is really good. (laughs) So I love being able to do research like that, because on the program today, we have Karina Harney and Echo Johnson. Guys, how are you doing today? Excellent. Good, good, good. Happy to be on the show. I am so glad you're able to join me. We've been trying to do this now for just over a year. Yeah. And schedules have not been able to work out. And I know Karina's had issue with health and that also stepped in a way. Plus, you got a new podcast up and running during all this. And it's so glad to find you have you here. So a couple of things I want to ask. You guys have been friends for how long? 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. Oh, yeah. So is there an, any animosity between you two that one of you was Playmate of the Year and one of you wasn't? <laughs> Secretly, Echo has always hated me. <laughs> I've yearned and yearned for it and you just <laughs> got it out of me, Bill. Damn it. <laughs> Son of a. I knew it. She was always trying to sabotage me. I'm like, what is always. wrong with you? <laughs> oh, so, no, I, I, I thought I was thinking about that and I'm going, huh. So. Karina, I'm going to ask you this question because I read this. Is it true that when you got Playmate of the Year in in, uh, 92, they gave you a Lexus and a $100,000 check? Yes. That is true. Do you still have the Lexus? Well, sadly, I wish that I had kept the Lexus, but I... I loved to snowboard. I was a tomboy. I... Ended up cashing in the Lexus and I got a full-size truck. <laughs> so I okay. never even drove the Lexus. I asked, <laughs> I know. And I look back, I'm like, gosh, that was kind of looking a gift horse in the mouth. I'm, I, I said, can I just cash in, uh, you know, you instead and get a truck, it would be less money. And, you know, I look back, I'm like, my gosh, I just probably should have taken the Lexus, but I didn't. <laughs> and and also, was it said that Hefner thought you looked like a startled fawn when he saw your photos? Yes, true story. Okay. Echo and I, in fact, it's so funny uh, not to speak for her, but it is a funny conversation we've had before because she's she. I don't know if it's you know our our upbringing was different or just we're different, you know. And she's always been very comfortable being, you know, we're when we're staying in a hotel room, she walks around naked. She'll open the door naked. That's just <laughs> my sister's the same way. Well, I was never that way. I was terrified to be. I still, I'm still that way. I hide. I. <laughs> ridiculous but uh but no yeah so I was terrified when I had to take my clothes off for the actual test photos and yes when Hugh Hefner was going through all the test photos he started laughing when he came to mine and he said uh she looks like a startled fawn so yes that's (laughs) true so so Echo when you when you did this um how did you get how did you even come to think of posing for Playboy um, I, I didn't actually, um, I was discovered, I was two months out of high school, I was 18 years old and I was, um, moving to Austin from Santa Fe where I grew up and, um, I was in a restaurant and Greg Gorman was at the same restaurant. Um, I was there with my mother and my high school sweetheart at the time. And, um, he invited my mother and I to the table and introduced himself, said who he was and that he was shooting a German playboy the following week. And he thought I'd be great for it. 
and I I was like I, I didn't even know I mean I knew what Playboy was but I didn't really like I'd never seen one or anything um and I was like absolutely not my mother was like no you're doing this this is an incredible opportunity <laughs> oh wow so I shot for German Playboy first so it was uh, October 92 German Playboy and then um Hef saw my layout and contacted Greg and the rest is history so what did you have a good working relationship with with uh, Hefner because I know there was a documentary out earlier this year that were saying things about him I talked to uh, Victoria Valentino and Deborah Driggs about it who said they had a great working relationship with him did you also have a good working relationship with him um yeah I mean absolutely uh you know Hef was he was such a um obviously an incredible human being, but he was so gracious and he was so kind. And for instance, like I never lived in Los Angeles. I I was always based in Texas, but I worked in LA all the time. And so I would always call the mansion and ask if I could stay there. And they would say, yeah, let me ask half, I'll get back to you. And it was always, yeah, not a problem at all. And, you know, and Karina and I talk about this often on the show. It's like, it's incredible his his memory and and he knew every single one of us girls he knew us he would come up he would say hello say our name give us a hug give us a kiss whatever and I just I mean I I never saw anything weird I never felt weird um you know I on the times I stayed there I went out multiple times with him and and his girlfriends including Holly and Bridget um and he was nothing but a gentleman and I just had the utmost respect for him. Karina? I, I say the same thing. I think um, I was very, pro- I felt more protected uh, by just working for Playboy. But, but Hugh Hefner, for me, is probably one of the most gracious, kind human beings I've ever known. And so that whole A&E we call it the trash piece, hit piece, <laughs> trash piece. It is, it's so bizarre to listen to this bitterness and the, and these people who are biting a hand that fed them. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's very hard to watch. I think it's hard for anyone that loved Hef to watch. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting when it came out, because again, I thought you're attacking someone who can't defend themselves. And Thank I thought you. that was- Thank you. That was very odd that that would be something that someone decided now's the time to do it. And they didn't do it when he was alive. So it it was just very interesting to me. Now you were, you were, you were both in the Playboy mansion and in Playboy in the 1970s. There was a TV special that was done. I think it was for ABC and it was basically at the Playboy mansion. And they showed all these girls getting along with these celebrities and roller skates and stuff like that. Did that actually happen or was it made for TV? Uh, no, I, I mean, that definitely happened. I mean, you would, you would see photos in the mansion and, and footage of, of all of that. I mean, and, you know, I mean. That's a stage to those were real things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's what I find interesting because I think if you would show it to someone today who was not familiar with that time period, it does, it looks odd. Mm-hmm. to see you guys being a part of that. So again, mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. So do you, either of you have kids or both of you have kids? Yeah. Okay. So my question is, and I've asked this, um, so with the internet becoming prominent, because when you, when, when you posed in all this, there was no internet. So there was no history of what you've done. Now in the mid 2000s, all of a sudden these photos started to pop up online. How did you tell your kids that, hey, this is what mom did? Karina? <laughs> well, <laughs> Karina's daughter is older. My daughter, my daughter I, I never wanted to keep anything from her. Um, I told her, I, I, well, she didn't know what Playboy was, and I didn't explain it to her when she was really young. She would answer the phone, and it would be Playboy because I was still working for them on and off. And when she was about six, it was, it was just funny. She was used to Playboy. Mom, Playboy's on the phone. <laughs> Playboy's on the phone. She loved the the bunny, and but never really, you know. I just didn't bring it. I didn't make it 
a big deal. I would just be like, yeah, that's uh, someone I work for. <laughs> so it, you know, and then I think when she got older, um, she could tell you a better story. She's actually writing a book. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Um, where she, it was elementary school and someone brought it to her attention and it was very embarrassing. And it was a, it was one of those one of those things for her, it was very embarrassing, which I totally understand because someone had, uh, I think they brought a playboy to school. She ended up getting in trouble. Someone said, Oh, my dad wants your mom to sign this. It was something <laughs> like that. She would tell you the story better than me. It's been years since I've even uh-huh. been asked anything like this, but, um, but it was very difficult for her. And, and she's like, I, but, I still think when she was in, that was third grade, which is very young. And, uh, but I, I'm not third grade, fifth grade. It was fifth grade, not third grade, fifth grade. And she was mortified and very upset. And then I just, you know, we had a talk. I said, I'm your mom. It was modeling. It's something that I did years and years Mm -hmm. ago. And it's an adult magazine. It's not for kids and shame on the kids that brought this. And then she got in trouble. You know, it was a whole thing, but, but yeah, it's an, it's adult. And, and so I just wanted her to understand and know that because that was something, you know, that I, I don't, I also didn't want her to carry shame and I don't, I certainly don't carry shame. And I explained to her the way my mother, cause my mom, it was like echo. My mom was the one that told me, no, this is a great opportunity. I think you should do this. And uh, when I posed for the magazine and dis- my mom even said, this is not a smut magazine, it's art. Right. And when you look at uh, even the Renaissance era, you know, you have these beautiful nudes in painting and, it, and they're, they're beautiful nudes in, you know, light that it, it was artists. And so I looked at it that way and I helped my daughter to see it that way, I guess. <laughs> well, it, now the other question is when she brought uh, her, a boyfriend home or whatever, and he saw them, was there any ever comment or a little bit of awkwardness there? For, for my daughter, I, we never faced that. I think some of her boyfriends didn't know, which is awesome. <laughs> they yeah, just well. didn't know, you know, because <laughs> looking back the only thing I remember when someone discovered that was in the fifth grade, Right. But she didn't have a boyfriend until she was, you know, much older than that. Right. And none of them ever, I don't remember that ever, ever being an issue or them even knowing that. Cause I was mama Jones. I mean, her friends still call me mama Jones and she's 27. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. Which, which, which again, it, it, it's interesting because of how the magazine was considered, like you said, it was an adult magazine. It was a model's magazine. Unlike what people think of stuff today, which is totally the extreme, mm-hmm. totally explicit, nothing like you did. I don't know if it would make it in the marketplace still. So do you feel that we've gone from a a time of innocence? Because again, these are tastefully done photographs to what it's turned into now. And with Playboy only being digital, where do you see it going next? I, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. Echo and I always say that when when Hef died, the magazine died. In fact, as he was dying, and we're all in the process of dying, really, <laughs> you want to get down to it. But I, as his eyesight faded, you watched the magazine fade. And then, but society, like you said, we've become more vulgar. It's become more, things are norm that, that weren't then. And um, even though Hef was part of the sexual revolution and part of the um, the whole trying to make sex a good thing, he he comparatively, like you're saying, even with these Instagram models and all of this stuff going on, um, he was actually pretty traditional Mm -hmm. (laughs) and. 
in many ways. I, I, I wish he was alive because that's one of the questions I would ask him, what you just asked me uh, about the way things are going and, and how he sees you know, because he, it was a men's magazine. He was very clear about that and about right. women being female in, in that right. And, and so, you know, and then you have a lot of women that, that have always attacked that and said, oh, it's ob objectifying women where we beg to differ and say, no, it's putting a woman on a pedestal and showing how beautiful the female form and, and females are. And how we're different. We're very different. <laughs> I like that. I miss that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is too, and we and Deborah and I talked about this, is that the, the way the the woman's body has not that it's changed, but appearance wise, what's being enhanced, what's not being enhanced, what's I mean, hair removal, whatever it may be. Do you think it's going to go full circle or is it still going to go in the direction it is? Because honestly, what I'm seeing today, which is not very much compared to what I saw years ago, what you guys did was attractive and tasteful. What I'm seeing today is like just totally taken to the extreme. Yeah. Echo, do you want to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know. I think that, you know, what you touched on, you know, things became much more extreme and they certainly, they certainly are today. Um, and that was something that Playboy had to deal with head on and directly with the advent of the internet. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it was such a, it was such a fine line. I mean, even to the point where, you know, Hef, when I say Hef, Hefner, um, you know, that they were definitely behind the eight ball in terms of realizing that the internet was coming and that it was here to stay. And there's a massive opportunity there. So when they did establish the dot-com department, um, it, you know, it, it, it obviously, you know, it obviously put itself on the map in that arena but at the end of the day, they were always going to stay with the, the overall look and feel of the magazine. And, and that was right. designed by Hef, you know, and, and till the Hef, until the day that Hef passed away, maybe not the day he passed away, but, you know, pretty good up until maybe a year or so, he was still and always was the one that approved all photographs, all images, everything from the very front cover to the back cover of the magazine. And, you know, he, he had a vision and that was the girl next door. And he obviously, you know, sought to maintain that. Like Karina said, though, in the 2000s is when you really saw it start to change. Right. Um, when he and Kimberly Hefner got divorced. And then, you know, the girlfriend started coming in. And it was, you know, a good 10 years of that same sort of look of the bleach blonde and, you know, mm -hmm. big boobs, young, da-da-da-da. Right. Um, but, you know... The question of whether or not, you know, Playboy would have a place today, I think that it would. Had it stayed in the Hefner family or, or you know, mm -hmm. Cooper was attached to it or anybody along that line was attached to it that knew exactly what, you know, or tried to carry on rather what Hef had created. Um and that wasn't going to happen. And so when Cooper Hefner saw the writing on the wall and the direction that which the new Playboy was going to go, which was digital, Cooper's like, I'm out. And what a disservice, like what an absolute like travesty, not, not Cooper, but what an absolute travesty that the people that bought the company would take it to such lengths and just completely erase, you know, I, I guess the, not the purpose of, but, but the actual like look and vibe and, 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 and format of what that magazine was. Um, and number one, them going digital was an absolute mistake. Number two, them trying to go non-nude, that was absolutely right. ridiculous. And then number three, they're now a lifestyle company that, that have, you know, men 
in the bunny costume on the cover. Do you think anybody <laughs> wants to see that? Absolutely not. It's I not knowing your audience. About, like this whole, <laughs> this whole inclusivity thing, like fine. Okay. If, if there's a group of people that, you know, need to be recognized, but it goes too far. It goes too far when it's at the cost of, Oh, women now are being pushed aside because, Oh my God, we need to have a transsexual whatever on there to show inclusivity. It's, it's, it's a ter- it was a terrible move and you can see that in all of their SEC filings, they are losing money hand over fist. And I will not be surprised if Playboy completely goes under in a couple of years, maybe yeah. even sooner. It's an absolute joke what they have done. Agreed. And it's sad what they did to a legacy too. That's so, the biggest oh, problem, Bill. Well, that's I mean, that's like, why we started this podcast yeah. in the first place. It's, yep. It, it, there are few icons. I always say this. There are few icons in the world. Uh, there are few icons in America. Hef's one. Yeah. And when people who are just not even, I, I hate to say it this way, but there's nothing special about them, to be honest, right. Right. are using an icon for relevancy Okay. And tearing, you know, throughout history, people have been known to do that, to destroy it's, it's iconoclastic arrogance. You have an icon and then you have arrogant people who destroy that icon to build themselves up. Really? It's, it's, it's awful. It's, (laughs) it's, it's, I, I, I just think it's awful. It it is awful. And it just, it's, it's, I mean, it's such a, it's such a sign of the times, Bill, and this, this, this culture, you know, that we're in and it's like, you know, the whole cancel culture is like, it's such a joke. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing that we keep saying, like cancel culture is toxic. That's exactly what this whole documentary is. And I don't know if it's like, I don't know like who to point the finger at of where it went wrong, but what in the world happened to like wanting to know about history? What, what happened to that? You know, what happened to like doing your research, doing your due diligence, finding out everything about somebody or topic or whatever and know it very well before you go out there and start just decimating it. And then everybody takes it at face value. I I hate it. I cannot. It's irresponsible. It's like irresponsible journalism that's happening. It's people that don't gather uh, facts or weigh things. There's no, there's no weighing of reality, you know, and there's always different opinions and, and differing opinions is a beautiful thing. And that's what makes America great. But now we have organizations uh, like hashtag me too, like black lives matters that are, you know, stating a good cause. There are certain things that are good, but in the name of good, they're doing their, making money hand over fist, but they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. A lot of these organizations, I mean, those are just two to name that are huge, that, that are impacting people's lives, that are destroying people's lives that don't stand, you know, with them, Mm -hmm. even if they have a differing opinion or, you know, oh, if we lie, it's okay. I can make this up because it's for hashtag me too. No, there are very real victims of very real crimes. And it becomes, it, it becomes almost an evil when somebody thinks that the ends justifies the means. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to say this. And I may exaggerate a little, or I may be lying, but it, at least it's going to help other women. I don't know if that's what they're justifying and rationalizing. And I'm thinking of some things that I heard on that A&E. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Because I, I was uh, speaking to some, someone last week about the same thing is because we're giving these people credibility that shouldn't have any credibility at all. Just you. because they have a name that you recognize does not mean they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's, it, it's so arrogant. It's, it's so arrogant 
we're we're living in a society and it reminds me of the fall of rome to be honest and and it's so dire i'm just going to say it i you know we may be going into a nuclear holocaust and this is all a joke i mean i'm i'm going to laugh yeah i don't I, i'm not going to laugh how horrific how ho- totally horrific but the things that people think are so relevant like themselves. They think they're so relevant. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. important. And they're, you know, and it's all about the almighty dollar. Um, it, there's other sinister things at, at work here and, and Rome fell. We're no different. They lasted a lot longer than we did. And there are a lot of things that happen in a society that people don't look at because they're that arrogant and it's decadence and degeneracy that are side by side. You have very decadent, wealthy people, and then you have the uh, the extreme the other way. And I think that we are, I always say we're idiocracy. If you, if you watch the movie <laughs> Idiocracy, I, love that movie. <laughs> I feel like we're there. I feel like we have leadership that they are not leading. They are, you can't even make this up. You can't even make up what's happening to our country and how divided and divided we fall. Oh, yeah. And Echo yeah. and I keep saying this, we, if we don't start being, becoming united with certain things and, mm-hmm. and being able to cross aisles in this country, in America, I mean, it's, it's terrifying, but we could be taken out. Like nobody talks about these things. I mean, China, it, China's a real threat. Russia's a very real threat. It, Ukrainians didn't expect to be in a war. I mean, there's bigger things at stake than any of this. And I just, I, I don't know why I wanted to throw that out there. It's just <laughs> people need to stop complaining is what I'm saying and start thinking. <laughs> I always think of what Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, because we're headed down a crazy road. I think people are seeing and Playboy is just an exact, you know, a tiny example. There would be no Hugh Hefner without America. Nowhere. There's nowhere else on earth that, that anyone could have built an empire the way he did. And if there are forces against those things that he fought against that were good, actually, like our first amendment rights, Mm -hmm. we're in trouble. That's not freedom. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. anyway yeah it's it's a it's a it's a really it's a fine line and I feel like we're teetering and you know I have a I have an 11 year old daughter and it just you know obviously watching that age group all they know is is you know being online and using computers right. and the phone you know and um you know, you, you look at that and you're like, my gosh, is this ever going to change in terms of this whole, you know, culture that is going on right now? Or is it going to just persist and get worse? Ugh. And so, so where does the duty fall as, as, you know, either a parent or, or just a human being in this world that you see, like, this is wrong. Where does this fall that like, we've got to become united and make a change? My, my yeah. My niece got in trouble and I, I won't, I won't ever mention which niece, but she <laughs> got in trouble. And my, my sister took away her social media. Yeah. She even she said was she was the happiest she's ever been. Really? The happiest she's ever been. She told my sister, she goes, mom, I don't, I don't realize how much we're on there. And, you know, all the likes and all these things, it's, mm-hmm. it's so dangerous. It's not reality. It's these people, there's no substance. There's no character. It's not I mean, real. It's like a, it's like a guarantee to to these children and especially well I'm gonna no I'm not gonna say especially girls but I know that females battle with this all the time is like you know the perfect image the Kardashians are definitely the culprit oh, yeah. of this all day long it is mm-hmm. gross 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 yes um, yeah because but, then they really they're these it's yeah. like these young girls that are in their 20s changing oh. their faces because they want their face to look like a filter and it's all surface and there's no substance. It's all surface. They're not learning to take care of their souls no. and who they are as human beings. We have, we've lost virtues. And they're becoming that mentally are, ill. That's, yes. that's the problem. Narcissism is at an all time yeah. high. You can, yep. you can Google narcissism and it's a real, it's a real thing that's so evil and it's, it's an insidious evil um, and mental illness. Yes. Yes. It's very sad. A focus on things that 
are all external. And it's funny, you, I don't, the Echo and I are on the same page here, you know, because we were these models back in the day. And here we're talking about this and how it's, it's kind of destroyed because anybody can make themselves a model. That's another thing. And Echo and I have talked about this. There was something special about being selected. There was something special about someone appointing you. I mean, I never, I never thought I was beautiful. I, that was embarrassing if you went around and went, Oh, I'm gorgeous. That's all you see online now. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the new thing. I'm gorgeous. I can't even imagine. The only time I ever thought I was beautiful was when they did my makeup for Playboy. And then I looked at the photos and went, wow, I didn't know I could look like that. (laughs) Not, but you have thousands of people thousands hundreds of thousands from all over the world now that are I'm beautiful exactly Exactly. nobody nobody selected you to be beautiful you just want everybody to think it's just bizarre you know that that's actually a really good point Karina that that I I like that you just said that um because I can never really put my finger on it and it's like how are all of these chicks they're all influencers models. and they're, they're all models. And it's right. like, but you're not a model. You all look exactly the same. Yeah. And, and who designated you? Yeah. Nobody. Social media. No one it's selected you. Yes, for anything. Nobody asked you to no. show me this. I didn't yeah. be... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah, funny. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it is, it is an interesting social study really. Yeah. Well, and I, and I've said the same thing too, because whenever I went to college to, to go on the radio, I had to get a four-year degree. Right. Then I had to apply yes. to these places. I didn't, I couldn't get work. I didn't have a microphone in front of me and be able to do what I'm doing right now. And, and now anyone can do it. Anyone. Yeah. They don't, they don't even have to have passed second grade. <laughs> they have the most well, views. They can't even speak. Yeah. And, and it frustrates me because I've been doing this for 30 years. And I'm looking at these kids that are 18, 19, 20 years old that are influencers oh. who are, are racking this stuff up and they have no clue what they're talking about. They don't, they don't do it in a way that makes sense. They just do it because people know who they are. Right. And, and I made a comment that they are oh, influencers. Yeah. Like you said, that's actually, yeah. there you go. We're, we just, I, that makes sense. That's why things are the way they are. People are influencing others to be morons. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an influencer. Yeah. I, I'm I, have the quote, I have the quote written down here somewhere that I said about 20 years ago, that eventually everybody's going to have their own talk show. Yes. And little <laughs> did I know that they do. Literally, <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yes, anyone can become whatever. Right. Yes, yeah. And and I mean, there are there are certain there are certain positives about it, but there's also negatives too. And we never look at the negatives. We right. never look at what these people are telling each other. We just assume if it's on the internet, it's true. Exactly. And that's another problem. Oh yes. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, so many so, lies, so many, so much false information. Yeah. So yep. not, not that I directed my, my comment to you about everybody's going to have a talk show, that you guys have your own podcast now. Yeah. And the purpose <laughs> behind the podcast was to do what? Well, well um, Echo, it's her brainchild. And I say this and it sounds awful when I say it, but I always say she she just, you know, took me kicking and screaming because I didn't want to do it. I thought, yeah. no, this is your thing. You do this, Echo. It's your idea. You don't need me. And uh, anyway, she'll tell you it was all her idea. I just am along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, you know, I was actually thinking about that just yesterday. I was like, when did I come up with the idea? And I want to say it was probably three years ago. Um, I started like thinking, I'm like, what, what can I do to utilize all of the content that I own of myself? Um, because back when the internet came online, whatever, 19 was 1997 or something, 98. Yeah. Somewhere in that um, ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, there was two playmates. It was myself and Christina Lirardini that figured out like, wow, this is a really cool uh, platform and it's here to stay. And so we created websites, membership-based websites and did very, very well. So I, you know, have a ton of content that I produced and created for that website that I've been sitting on for years. And I was toying around with the idea of, um, 
idea was to write a column called the Bunny Chronicles and bring back a mm -hmm. website. And I um, had done a autograph show together in Vegas. I stayed with her and that was two years ago. No, probably yeah, about two years ago, maybe more. Two and a half, um, three years ago. So I had stayed with Karina in, in Vegas um, and we had home from the most tragic autograph site we did and we were just sitting around the fire and it was it was only a couple of years after it number one what came up was what a what not a travesty but it was very sad that half passed away and there was there was no celebration of life it was like over and done. It was a hashtag mm -hmm. rest in peace, basically. And it was like right. this bullshit. Like we felt happened? very it left like out too. I, yeah. we felt left. It felt horrible not to be able to say goodbye or, you know, so many of us that cared about him not be able to have closure. <laughs> right. And, and, um, and so, you know, I told Karina about my idea and, and she was not really on board and I just kept pressing her. And I said, look, Karina, I was like, this show is all about, um, honoring who Hugh Hefner was as a person, as a human being, as a man, as a pulp, as a pop culture icon, as a visionary, everything. And I can't do it alone. And I got her to come on at the end of the day. And we literally were just flying by the seat of our pants and went into the studio last summer, recorded a full season. The podcast studio we're working with deleted four of our shows, told us it was our fault. Uh. And we just had to like deal with it. But it's we did been it. So, and we got yes. it up. And, and it's and been it's, fascinating. So it's been fascinating. Oh my gosh. It's and hard. like a reunion, like a very special reunion. And I can, I'm so grateful. I'm so, I tell Echo all the time. I'm so grateful to be a part of this because it's history and things that we're discovering nuggets, things we never knew about have, we didn't know there was a Playboy record label and we had Mickey Gilly on and he sadly just passed and, and right. he's, he's a legend. And it was so fun to hear him and how he and Barbie Benton cut a record together and mm -hmm. his, you know, no one would sign him and that 15 years. Yes. Yeah. Shopping around a record deal and then Playboy Records signed him. And, and so, yeah, I mean, exactly every, it's been amazing reuniting with our Playboy family and, and everybody else will say the same too. But at the end of each show, they just were like, thank you girls for doing this. This is really, really important. And they, have so much more fun than they expected. And we just have this really amazing conversation. And at the end of the day, we are a very small group of people that got to experience this, you know, right. this, Playboy world of Playboy. So many, Playboy actually launched a lot of careers, comedic careers. I mean, it goes on and on. There are ripples that go out in this country. And so where our hope, you know, as especially once we get sponsorship and, and, and everything, um, one of our hopes is to have these celebrities on because like you said, Bill, there are, there are these women that are bashing and people that are tearing down instead of focusing on the positive and, and we want to hear those positive stories. I want to hear Dolly Parton talk about her photo shoot of being right. on the cover of yeah. Playboy. I want to hear yeah. those stories and how it did change so many people's careers and how they were not ashamed to be connected to the magazine um, instead of turning him into this monster when, you know, you made your own choice to yeah. do what you did, you know, take responsibility. We're living in a society now where people don't take responsibility for their own decisions and actions. You know, yeah. And that's one of the most interesting things that, um, that we have found, you know, of course, where you're going to get your, your handful of critics that are going to have negative shit to say at us and about the show because we had done a interview with Audra Lynn, uh, Brian Olea, who was one of the butlers at the mansion for 20 years, and uh, Joshua Friedman, who was house personal bartender for 15 years. Every All of us that were on that show were there at a time, with the, with the exception of Karina, were there at a time when Hef was with Holly and Bridget and all of those girls, like, and talk about every day, Brian and Josh. And so we have this amazing interview 
discounting everything that those four women said. And guess what? We still get these people going, oh, the audacity for you to say this and to tear right. these women down. I couldn't even listen to the interview. And it's like, then you didn't <laughs> learn anything. So you yeah. cut it off they in five minutes. Fans. You side with the liars. It's like, yeah. what the well, they, it, The sad thing is the power of television. You know, you have people that are famous and they get fans just for being out there. And, right. and, and, and without Hugh Hefner, that wouldn't have happened for you. Yeah. <laughs> So I I don't understand how people don't see that you would, you couldn't have been the girls next door without Hugh Hefner at all. And you could have said no when it was offered to you too. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You don't, you weren't just crying in the shower, having to be forced to sign something. You're, you, you had freedom. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and I, believe you me, I don't ever, ever want to knock any victims. I, there are real victims of real abuse and people will say, oh, well, you didn't see that side of Hef, you know, he was an abuser to them, to them. Well, at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't have gotten in his bed. I wouldn't have made the choice to go be sucked into that. And, Mm -hmm. and knocking someone doesn't help that. Look at yourself Look at the decisions that you made. Maybe that will help a young girl. Don't be enticed by money. Don't be enticed by fame. I was. I want to hear somebody say that. I was enticed by money and fame. I got into Hugh Hefner's bed and I, you know, don't kiss and tell. I mean, if you're going to go do that and make that choice, that should be privacy. And Hugh Hefner was very private. And it's and it really one thing that bothers me. And I am going to say it because I don't like gossiping. I don't want to judge anyone. But when somebody brings this out, I can talk about it because they they're the ones that revealed their own true character. When somebody says that there are mountains of revenge porn. Okay, really? Let me tell you something. Hugh Hefner knew his brand. And the last thing he would want anybody to get a hold of is that. And he was not revengeful because he had character. (laughs) Believe it or not, he he had character and honor and was a gentleman. Even whatever, they're the ones that told everyone what went on in the bedroom. He didn't. And ever said that. They said it. Yeah, and Karina... (laughs) And and I'm sure you know this too, Bill. Hugh Hefner was the consummate archivist. Now I'm not saying that the pictures he took were going in the archives, but every single person that had any relationship or affinity for that man knew without a doubt you're gonna be filmed, right. yes. photographed, documented every step of yeah. the way. He's in the and Guinness so Book of knew. World Records. They knew for the, for the most scrapbooks. He was a documentarian. He was a historian. He was a brilliant mind. And, and you know, they signed up for certain rules and people don't know how to, you know, it anyway, it, and, and you they, could go but, on and on and on. But, you know, when you open that Pandora's box, yeah. you opened it. Yeah, you no, opened it. And, no, and, no. and and I love how they call it like revenge porn because it's not revenge porn. It was never anything that he was going to use right. for any purpose. It was for I don't even want to know about it. He girls. Yeah. You wouldn't even want anyone to know no. about that. No. He written it in a book. Yeah. I, you know how you know this? Because he was in his 90s. You know, you're the one that got him in a bed with a man in his 90s. And you're painting a picture like you're some virginal angel that was abused. Sorry. Weren't these these the individuals? Because didn't they do an an E-series that was a reality program at the mansion? And these were the girls that were... They're very famous for it. Except Kendra, except Kendra. Kendra totally discounts everything that Bridget and Holly have said without fail. And and Bridget or uh, Kendra doesn't even want to talk about it. She thinks they're they're banking on victimhood right now. And that's a thing right now in our society. And it's dangerous, it's evil, and it's wrong. And and they're banking on being victims. And it doesn't help anyone because taking responsibility for your own actions is what is, you know, and yeah, there are very real victims of real crimes, but, but I just don't, there's no crimes here. And, and it's, it's 
wrong to slander and malign and judge when when there are other people that were in that bedroom that we know that were you know very honest about their and and owning it owning it owning it and they loved half they had nothing nasty to say ever so whatever it's like I'm so sick of talking about the A&E dark secrets of playboy you know I hope at the end of the day you know that people will do their research I I have found that there there's you know, there is a good amount of people that are, you know, telling us that we're horrible and how dare we, da, 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 da. but most people are like, oh, thank God for clarifying this because there's, they didn't they believe it. They're like, how is that it. even real? You yeah, know? I go to church, which is, you know, funny. And there's a lady at my church who gets her hair done and her, uh, or was talking to her hairdresser when she was getting her hair done. And her friend, uh, the hairdresser told her, have you watched that Secrets of Playboy A&E? I just knew knew he was like that, you know, because people like to go on the bandwagon. She goes, um, you know, my friend, it was <laughs> a playmate. And, and she says that those most of that is lies. And, uh, you know, they're, they're it, anyway, she goes, you should listen to the bunny chronicles because you'll hear, <laughs> nice. you know, but it's so funny that I mean, everybody's gonna, I even one of my very best friends who, you know, knows me and knows um, said, are you, well, I'm sure he wasn't an angel. I imagine, you know what? We're not saying that we're just saying that there are the first lie I heard on that. They could be discredited, but there was lie after lie after lie and being a playmate of the year. And then hearing, um, I can't, I'm not, I won't even say her name. Mickey say on that, say, yeah, say that every playmate of the year is playmate of the year because they sleep with Hef. Uh-huh. Lie, I didn't sleep with Hef. I know tons of playmates that I didn't not. sleep with him. <laughs> and he, <laughs> yeah, most, so he did it. Lies. And, and the thing is, and the reason we do speak up is because it, it's almost, invalidating and putting a disgrace on all of us who have great memories. It's, it's like taking something that was a very special time in a lot of our lives and, and just smearing shit on it. Right. And that's that to me, it it's, it's rude and you're cheapening. It's your Jerry Springer in a different world that, that was, you know, you need to go, on the Jerry Springer show and have someone else that was not (laughs) Hugh Hefner (laughs) because this is not that he was not that his world, his friends were not that. And, and that's what they cheapen it. And and it's a reflection of you, not of him. When you talk about dirty things, it's, that's a reflection of you. And, 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 and I'm just going to, I'm going to say this last thing and then we can move on to the other topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, sorry. But, but, but Hugh Hefner was absolutely would not have anything to do with anything that harmed a woman, especially his playmates or anybody that was at the mansion ever. If, if, if he found out about Bill Cosby when he was, he would have had nothing to do mm-hmm. with that man ever. He had, did not have his hand in anything. And if anybody messed up at the mansion, didn't matter if you're a super duper celebrity or not, you were out period overdone, you know, he hated drugs. He hated yeah. anything yep. that would hurt anyone. Yeah. And that was the thing he was fair and, and you can't run, a, an empire yeah. like he did. Yeah. Um, without having certain, I always say this and it's funny to say it about Hugh Hefner. You can learn a lot about that man and in business, in, uh, you know, in life, it's, he's a case study in things that uh, run well, putting the right players on the right, you know, positions on the team. And, and that, those are the things we like to look at that are very interesting instead of, you know, anyway smut <laughs> uh so the the podcast um how how often do you do them <laughs> well, well because <laughs> i ended up with cancer <laughs> because i had to go and get breast cancer um we we kind of went uh gosh i don't know how many months while i went through my radiation treatments and blah 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 
Um, and now we're, we're getting back. Uh, we just scheduled, we've just started getting back into scheduling, but we'd like to do three days a week, you know, okay. right now it we're it's, it's kind of been. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, like the ideal situation bill would be to have a show come out every week. Um, we, I think we had something consistent up until, April or April. Um, and then in the interim, uh, Karina and I are going to just start putting out, we're going to, we're going to start doing live stuff so people can see us on Facebook and, okay. um, and, uh, YouTube and whatnot. Um, but we have season two, you know, in the can in terms of what we're going to discuss and what it's going to be about. And season two is going to be, um, a deep dive into half philanthropic philanthropic endeavors, which were vast and many, which a lot of people don't know about. And then a deep dive into the history of the Playboy clubs. And, and we've got all that, uh, lined up. And so it's just a matter of we're, yeah, we're, we're looking for sponsorship so we can get back in the studio. <laughs> so we'd yeah. like to be in the studio and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it just makes it cleaner and, and yeah. We, we just like, like but no matter we like what, to do it in playboy style we want yeah <laughs> yeah that's the right. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so no matter I, what I, we're gonna we're gonna have stuff coming out um uh, once a week for sure and then okay. any, any of the live stuff we'll we'll try to do at least one live a week as well um and yeah just i don't, I don't know it's how it's been slow getting answer. back but we're i think i think we're gonna gain momentum once yeah. we're we're so I've been asked this question before, so I'll ask you, what do you get out of it personally for doing this? What, what does that, what, why do you keep doing it? What feeling do it, does it give you? Does it give you satisfaction that you're setting the record straight? Why are you doing it? I, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it definitely started on that pretense, Bill, was that um, this, this podcast and it, and it will eventually evolve into other things, but the whole premise of it was, um, it was before A and E's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You weren't and, setting and anything was, straight. Yeah, and it was just the realization, especially when half passed, of like, oh my gosh, like he's gone, like it's over, yeah. and how absolutely incredible this journey was and that we were a part of it. And just the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, this needs to be said, this needs to be documented, it needs to be out there because it's very, 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 it's very important to me. I know it's important to Karina and definitely our listeners love it. You know, it's, it's history, it's history and it's fascinating. It really is. People so, are fascinating. So, yeah. so when you say, you know, it, it, what do you get out of it? I imagine it's the same thing you're getting even out of this. You, you, you discover things about people and then things that you didn't realize you kind of thought on the surface. Oh, I know about this. It was the same thing when we had Mickey Gilly. I always use him as an example because he's one of our, was so fun. And, and they're, you know, sadly people are, are dying. And I want, I want to hear their story and their experience. Nobody was ever going to hear that experience from him. And, and, you know, sadly and 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 sickeningly enough, the young people that were in the studio supposed to be recording, don't even know who he is. No idea. Our engineers. And we know that if it's, it's not just us, you know, there's Mm -hmm. gotta be more people that would be fascinated by these Mm -hmm. things or want to hear more nuggets. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, what's been happening. We hear nuggets. We're like, Oh, Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I didn't know this or anyway. And and also trying to really, you know, follow a path of like, you know, at the end of the day, Hef was first and foremost, an editor. And he always, always was and literary genius, right? And that that is conveyed in every single interview. I mean, the, the entire magazine, if you actually really sit down and read the magazine, it's it's amazing. And it just, you know, it, it needs to be talked about because there's nothing like that. There's no objective journalism anymore at no. all. That is no, what he would have about. those Q and A's. He would have yeah. the Q and A's and people on the right, people yeah. on the left, people, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, but he would get these great, honest, real interviews. He would make sure his journalists got in with them and mm-hmm. would stay yeah. with them. 
for as long as it took to get get the story. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and we don't have that anymore. And that's sad. We have emotion versus thinking. And I think Hugh Hefner was a thinker and he's not being given credit for that. And, but he knew his brand. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, put someone with Playboy that he knew the magazine wouldn't benefit them. But behind the scenes, you be- believe you me, he had some conversations with some pretty prolific historical figures, um, which is fascinating. And they loved him. So, yeah, I mean, like, for example, one of the, the interview we were supposed to do yesterday with Bill Farley, who was... Um, uh, PR, uh, had a PR for 25 years at Playboy. Um, we're going to go into, uh, the FBI files and whether or not people know about that, but from the second he, he published the first, (laughs) the first issue, the FBI. So it's just like, for me, more than anything, it's, it's the history of it. And I love the journalism aspect of it. That's why we're doing it. That's, that's yes. what I'm all about. Yes. And, and you asked me about this one. It's because my 20, 27 year old self never thought I'd be talking to two playmates ever <laughs> in my lifetime, let alone playmate of the year. I mean, again, my 27 Aww. year old self was like just blown away. So plus, plus I get the, I get the, I get to brag about it to a few people too, which is kind of cool, but no, it, it, it's really been a pleasure ladies. I really enjoyed this. And let me tell you, it was worth the wait. Yeah. I thank you for being so diligent. Yes, Bill, so and keeping sorry. On me, really. I'm really sorry. I got cancer. Well, <laughs> I, but the thing is, and this is funny. And I, and I emailed echo was it last week or week before. And I felt like every time I emailed, I was bothering you guys because I didn't know how you were feeling after the the radiation and everything. And I'm going, do I want to push it a little bit more? Because if I push it too far, I know they're going to come back and say, just buzz off. Honestly, no, Bill. No, you could have emailed and emailed. We've just both actually been in some transitions that, and aside from that, I mean, I I think I was still going through radiation and Echo and I were still doing some of the podcasting so it it wouldn't have mattered i'm i'm teasing you we're we're you know here we are we're alive we're alive yeah thank you i'm very grateful that you were able to join me today and i've learned a lot i would love to have you back on in the future to talk some more because i think we just scratched the surface today yeah yeah i agree yeah great being on bill thank you for having us well, again, thank you for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, so do you, uh, can we tell people where to listen to the show? Find yes, it please do. On? I was just going to ask you that before I, we before we finished. Cool, cool. So uh, we have it both in audio and video format. Um, you can listen to the audio just off the top of my head. Um, Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and YouTube. everything else behind it. I think there's a we also have our YouTube channel and, um, on Spotify, you can also watch the shows. So there's video attached to all the shows on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a Vimeo channel, the bunny Chronicles. So we're on lots of platforms and yeah, listen to it. People <laughs> you'll yes, enjoy it. it on, so are you feeling you're getting more viewership than you are listenership? Um, I don't, what are those stats? Echo's real good with the No, actually, no, we're getting, we're getting a higher higher audio. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Those are the statistics, Karina, that we're, so more audio. Yeah. Since we put out that dark secrets of Playboy interview, um, just our audio stats and what is projecting for the next show that we put up is massive really so audio but we don't key. we haven't been marketing we haven't been doing anything it's just these it's growing organically which is mm-hmm. beautiful but we know we need to make do our due diligence like echo said start doing our lives start you know engaging yeah. with people and and there are a lot of playboy fans still and we're grateful for them you know we really are yeah well Ladies, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate you joining me today. And again, thank you.
Thank, thank you. Thank you, Bill. It was a pleasure. Big thank you goes out to Echo Johnson and Karina Harney for joining me today. What a blast that was talking about their days at Playboy, Hugh Hefner, and their new podcast, The Bunny Chronicles. You can find The Bunny Chronicles at thebunnychronicles.com or search Google and you'll be able to find their podcast, audio and video. Can't wait to have them back on the program again because I have more questions like what's an NFT? <laughs> creating content for their website. I forgot to ask, but that's next time. So guys, thank you very much for joining me on this edition of the Bill Alexander Show, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com.